0: This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Hi, everybody. I'm Steve Martirano. Welcome to Recovery Radio. We're here on Saturdays talking about the disease of addiction and the road to recovery. Recovery Radio is sponsored by Retreat Premier Addiction Treatment Centers. I hope you found us by now. We've been doing this for a lot of years now, well before the issue of substance abuse crashed into the mainstream media because of the opiate epidemic and, and the, dire, the dire circumstances surrounding the abuse of drugs and alcohol in this country. So we've been at it a long time, and uh, we, we think we're providing a valuable service. We, we certainly hope so. We want to leave you after every program with whatever additional new information you don't know about the disease of addiction, but most importantly and most especially that there is help out there, and millions of people have found it. Believe it or not, as grim as the details may be, uh, and they are. Lots of people get sober. So uh, stay with us if you have the time for Recovery Radio. Our uh, our guest is uh, associated more or less with uh, with retreat. Uh, Courtney Brennan is a young girl from from the area, uh, Delaware County girl, who struggled with substance abuse uh, for several years until she got sober. Uh, Courtney is uh, joining us to tell us that story. We we find that there's great strength in first person accounts of uh, of this disease and. And the battles with it, and how one gets the sobriety, and periodically we have uh, people who have been there, done that, with us on the program here on Recovery Radio. So we welcome uh, uh, Courtney Brennan to the program. Courtney, did you get everybody calmed down there in the background? <laughs> Hi,
1: how are you?
0: I'm fine. Are you, are you trying to Are you trying to do an interview with a with a child on your lap? <laughs>
1: Sorry, yeah, I have a three
0: year old, but it's okay. Oh, okay, no, it's okay with us if it's okay with you. <laughs> So Courtney, uh fill us in, uh you heard my introduction. We we always appreciate when people are willing to come on the show and uh be be frank and open with us. So we, we appreciate that. So tell us who you are.
1: Well my name's Courtney Brennan. I'm twenty six years old. I my uh sobriety date is twelve, twenty eight, fifteen. Um I started using actually goodness, probably when I was nineteen, eighteen, nineteen. Um I was going through a couple of things, you know, turned to it, didn't know how to cope, and I thought it was the easiest way to go. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, my mom yeah. raised me as a single mother, uh-huh. which was definitely not easy, so that kind of put a little damper on me, along with my drug use. And, you know, when I got older, uh, there was a lot of resentment through family members, through towards my mom but it all got a little different when I was 21 and found out that I was pregnant um were you, uh, were, were, you
0: were you using when you were uh, when you found out you were pregnant
1: um I was not I was actually I want to say maybe like two months sober before I actually found out I got pregnant because I had lost my um my aunt to drug addiction actually
2: so, uh-huh. mm-hmm.
1: so that kind of scared me and I got clean and didn't want to participate in that anymore. Um, I got pregnant with my daughter. I was clean after that. Um, I was involved with a not-so-healthy relationship during it, my pregnancy with her father. So after that, um, you know, things took a little bit of a turn, and she was about four or five months old, and I went back to using again. Um, Currently, my parents have custody of her. So that was a big Hard thing for me to go through, but, and that led to a lot of me relapsing and going back, not having my daughter. So,
0: did your did your uh, did your parents uh, force that issue, or was it a vol? Did you voluntarily give up? Um,
1: I, I am um, somebody actually had like the state had gotten involved, and then I had gone to jail. You know, done the whole jail, getting high, all that stuff, and so it was just. They kind of told me, like, look, there's nobody else to take your daughter. Either the state takes
0: her, your parents. So my parents,
2: thank goodness, took
0: my daughter. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. was not easy, but yeah. There, Listen, there's a uh, there's a uh, whole uh, whole lot of grandparents who found themselves in this position, where they have uh, you know by circumstance been forced to raise little children when they're when their children uh, have these problems. Uh, Courtney, let's back up a, a second here because. Your story is interesting at least in one regard and that is it's a bit different about your introduction I'm no longer shocked by how young people are introduced to drugs or they become a problem I've interviewed people who had drinking problems believe it or not when they were 11 or 12 years old so uh, so I'm not I'm gonna not, I'm not, I'm not tell you you sound like you 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 were introduced to substances whether it's alcohol or marijuana at a, at a later stage so you didn't go through that sort of beginning phase of of experimentation when you were when you were uh, a youngster in, in either middle school or high school? You began using when you were a little older. How did it work?
1: Um, honestly, like, it was around, don't get me wrong. I mean, the, in high school, definitely it was around, um, like the drug use, but, I mean, I did smoke here and there, but it was never anything heavier than that. I was very involved in sports. I was very busy. Um, but, like, my home life with my mom... And my stepdad. Um, there was never like my mom doesn't drink. She was never the type to do drugs. She's very, you know, work, right. got her degree. I was, med- I was never around that.
0: Mm-hmm. So what was your relationship? But then I like? start
1: hanging with the wrong people. Yeah.
0: What was your relationship What was your relations like with you, with your stepdad? Was that was that cool too, or how did that work?
1: Um, my stepdad only really came in my life about ten or eleven years oh, old. Oh,
0: okay. Mm-hmm.
2: But
1: um, definitely was a big. A big step, I guess you could say, was a big commitment for both of us, not just him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was very, I mean, we're good. I mean, he's the father figure I see now.
0: So so y- y- your early uh, experience or introduction to substances, marijuana and drinking, w- w- you characterize as sort of your garden variety, you know, young person experimentations, and it wasn't a problem through high school uh, what happened at 19? What changed in your life? What was going on that got you to use more and harder drugs?
1: Um, at 19, I was actually I was going to college, um, and I was put in the hospital in the intensive care unit for like a good, I think it was like 15, 16 days. Um, I don't remember it at all, actually.
0: As a, result, as a result of what?
1: As a result of – I was having seizures, and it came about that I was um, – there was sexual trauma through family members while I was younger. And then as that started to take off and the memories were coming back and all that, my drug use picked up. It was – you know, and my mental health was getting worse, and I wasn't taking my medicine because they weren't working the way the drugs worked, and they weren't helping me forget. Yeah.
0: The, the medicine you were prescribed, were, were they – that was they, – they were uh, – with regard to your underlying trauma and mental health issues? Is that what you mean?
2: It was more so for
1: my mental health, like my depression, my anxiety. Right. So at the, this time I hadn't told anybody about no. the
2: um, abuse.
0: Well, we we know from a lot of these interviews that there's very, very often these co-occurring situations where there's a mental health issue as well as a substance abuse issue. So, oh, so definitely. But they did identify the, the underlying trauma and the mental health issues, tried to treat those, and, and it didn't work, and you you... In order to self-medicate, is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, I would definitely call it that. <laughs> and what did you, And what were you doing? What What kind of drugs were you using to feel better? Um,
1: at first, I was I was doing like cocaine here and there, but then that wasn't really doing much for me. And then I turned to I was prescribed Xanax, which is a big thing you see nowadays that you know doctors are just prescribing kids Xanax and all that stuff so young. Right. So I had access to that, and then it just wasn't enough, and I turned
0: to using heroin. Z- Xanax was being prescribed to you, or you were buying it on the streets? Yep. Yeah, you, No, so, I
1: was prescribed to me. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, by the way, um, you know, I'm not an expert on this, but cocaine is the worst thing in the world for self-medicating. <laughs> anyway, so you, so you 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 were medicated by a doctor, by physicians to treat this the trauma mm. and mental health issues, but you were abusing Xanax, and that wasn't making the pain go away, I guess. So who introduced you to heroin? Under what circumstances?
1: Um, I was introduced to heroin through an ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, when he introduced it, he had told me it was Xanax. I didn't know anything because, you know, I wasn't just taking, it got to the point that I was actually, like, sorting the Xanax.
0: So he was lying. Um, he, he was lying to you to get you he, to try, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and, and happen-
1: I had no idea until I got sick the one day, and I was home, and I'm like, Mom, I don't know what's going on, and I was mean, I was yelling at her, we didn't know. And when I went to the hospital, because I was like, something's wrong, Like I felt like as if I was dying, <laughs> the stomach cramping, all that. You and were, like,
0: what were you doing? Were you overdosing? I mean, were you withdrawing? No, I, wasn't you were overdosing. You were I was just, you were I withdrawing. I was just sick. Yeah. I was withdrawing. Yeah. So uh, yeah. this is a great guy you ran into. You, you, uh, this is unfortunate. Oh, yeah. You keep bumping into the wrong people, I guess. Um,
1: definitely i mean him he was a high school friend um and then i met my daughter's father and then it just (laughs) but now i'm not with anybody bad
2: and that's a good
0: thing (laughs) how quickly uh how quickly did you go i mean you say you got sick you, you you were lied to about what you thought you were ingesting um but then once you figure out what's going on here then what happens you just become an iv drug user right away how did that work
1: no, no. I am um, actually was, I didn't become an IV drug user. And I only did that um like two or three times actually, which is surprising. A lot of people think it's surprising. Um, but as soon as I realized that um, I had gone to rehab, I had went right to retreat and realized like I before it gets too far, because I've seen so many people, I've watched my own daughter's father wither to nothing from doing, being an IV drug user. So no. I just couldn't. Couldn't keep
0: going. How, how long did that? How long were you uh, shooting up heroin?
1: Um, probably only like a week. Just, uh, it wasn't long before I had gone to rehab when well, that happened. All
0: right, all right. Was there an overdose involved in getting to rehab?
1: Um, no, actually not. It was just the consequences of becoming what I needed to do, and you know, being a part of my daughter's life. And
0: mm-hmm. okay. right now, at that point, you had been abusing substances for for about how long?
1: Probably like, oh goodness, probably like two years.
0: Right, so from the time you're 19 to now about 21 or 22, and you decided... And then
1: I started again, yeah. You
0: decided... When I, I
1: was about 22. Right.
0: Our guest, Courtney Brennan, uh, is joining us. Courtney uh, is one of a series of folks that have been kind enough to join us here on Recovery Radio from time to time to tell us about their journey through substance abuse and their ongoing uh, sobriety. Courtney is going to be three years sober uh, this December, and um, she's she's, uh, been taking us through um, the the story of uh, abusing lots of stuff, culminating in IV use of uh, heroin. So, uh, Courtney, let's let's pick it up from there. I I always like to say on these programs that every story of substance abuse and recovery is the same except it's different. Uh, so so let, let's get into a little bit of uh, how the circumstances uh, that surrounded you going, you know what, I can't do this anymore, and then how you went from that notion to treatment. W- when, so your baby's born and you go, I can't do this anymore, right?
1: Well, I was clean, I was clean my whole pregnancy, um, and then she, like I said, was, um, the state had gotten involved. I had gone to jail. And all that stuff, and then
0: and you you lost and you were going to lose the baby, right? They were going to take the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the wake up. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: So I was just like, okay, like there's no point anymore. My daughter's gone. I have nothing left. The typical pity party that most addicts. find a way to pull for themselves
0: were you worried Um, were you worried though even though the circumstances were grim and we've heard grim stories before and it didn't stop people or get them to to treatment uh, what was um, going what was going through your head at that moment were you worried about not trying to get sober
1: i wasn't i wasn't i just didn't you know i was uh, like honestly i wasn't i was Oh, well, they have everything against me now. Oh, they don't want me... Eat. You know what I mean? I was trying to find... To belittle myself. So I didn't have... I didn't I didn't want to get... I wasn't ready. Honestly, I wasn't ready. I mean, if... At the time, it felt good, you know. All right, all this is going on, but my mind's eased right now. Um, and then, you know, all this was happening, and I was losing... Fam- my mom stopped talking to me. She was like, Look, like, you're not changing. And then she... was like, what's going on with you? She noticed I was getting the reoccurring signs, and I was getting high again. Um, And it was just, it was horrible. And then my grandfather had got really sick, who had helped raise me before my my, uh, stepdad. And he actually got really sick, and he passed away in November, the month before I had gone to rehab. And
0: I just remember him,
1: the last thing he said to me is he was passing away he um, was actually in my mom's home, and I had come to see him on Thanksgiving, and he held my hand and he said, you're better than this. You have a daughter that needs you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you can do this. It, make me proud. Really? And it hit me, and I was like, wow. Because then it, he was just like, this isn't you. This isn't the Courtney I know. And I you know, really hurt because I was my father figure. You know, he never missed a beat of my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So then I was like, oh. Then he passed away. And I went on like a little run, and I was like, "I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of the same cycle." So I reached out, and I was like, "Look, I'm ready to go." And my, thank goodness, one of my friends was like, "Look, Courtney, like pack your stuff. I'll take you. Like I will take you myself because I didn't believe myself that if I drove there, I was going to stay."
0: You know, that's or a fact. I let, was let, actually go. Yeah let's let's take just that moment here because lots of folks tell me you know who who haven't seen this in their family and wonder about that moment. Um, so you decide, you know you. you I got to do something. People don't go. People don't often go. Well, then, what happens next? You had a friend. They knew you were in crisis. They knew. They knew your history of drug use, and they and they said, "I'll I'll take you wherever you need to go. Pack a bag." Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. You know, I was. I had reached out to her because she didn't recover herself, my friend, and I'm like, "Look, I can't do this." Like, sorry. Like, getting me a little emotional.
2: You yeah, know. No. I'm like.
1: My daughter, like, she doesn't have her dad. She doesn't. She needs somebody. She needs her mom, and that's what my friend kept telling me. Courtney, you're better than this, Courtney. Like, I was a straight A student, well known for sports. So she was like, Courtney, like, you're better than this, you know.
0: Was this and friend al- talking was, to me I was, was this friend like, I'm also now using? Not- was that friend also using drugs? That, when when this was not going? at
1: the same time as I was. No, she had been clean. I want to say probably almost a year before I had gotten clean.
0: Okay, so during that period of time when she's getting sober, are you still friends with her, or did your drug use drive you Yeah, Yeah, we still
1: we're friends. I mean, she took me – we lost a little touch because I was kind of, like, iffy. I didn't know – you know how, like, you're trying to better yourself and you have to weed certain people out? Yeah, yeah. I just focused on myself, and thank goodness she was a good enough friend, and she still stuck around and, you know, called me, hey, you know, court – okay court
0: is okay so that's that can be as you know that can be the difference between uh you know finally getting sober and uh and continuing the descent did you you got in trouble with the law you child out of wedlock mm-hmm. uh you, you get clean during the during the pregnancy but you're using right after you're 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 still living at home with your mom at the time and that's got to be a nightmare I'm, I'm i'm sure mom's at her, wit, her wit's end did did you did you ever feel like um at the darkest moment that you were never gonna get out of this?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um there were times that I was like, I'm never gonna get clean, like I might as well like there was times I'm not gonna lie to you, like life got bad, like I got kicked out, I was living in my car, like you know I was just like, oh, just one more, just maybe this one you know, like contemplating in my head ways to just let go.
0: You, I, you, you mean, I mean you thought about? So you,
1: thankful I never did.
0: Yeah, you mean you thought about? You know, people are confused about that. I know I often am. When 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 you're in that dark place and abusing heroin, something like that, and um, the depression is crushing and the, the drugs got your mind all crazy, you, you're not really thinking about suicide at that time, are you? Or are you more going, "Hey, I don't care what happens." Um,
1: at my darkest, all honesty, at my darkest, when I. When they had told me that, like, Courtney, this is this is it. Like, you you have to sign custody to your mother all this, and all this stuff while I was going to jail and stuff. That was my darkest time. And yeah, I, I don't know if I really contemplated suicide. I just didn't care. Like, yes. if I died, I died. Yep, yep. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I, I do.
0: Yeah, I do. I think I do. I
1: wasn't trying to kill myself, but if I died, I died. And I... I don't
0: know if that even makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it does make perfect sense. Uh, Courtney Brennan is our guest. Recovery Radio is sponsored by Retreat Premier Addiction Treatment Centers. I'm going to give you their phone number, and I hope you never have to use it. I really mean that. But this disease visits people uh, unexpectedly. It's an equal opportunity uh, disease. It, It shows no respect for your social class or your intelligence, and When it arrives, no one's prepared for it. So uh, this is the kind of phone number you keep around like police and fire on the refrigerator on a magnet. And if you're lucky, you never need it. But if something happens and you have to make decisions, uh, difficult decisions at an extraordinarily difficult time, Retreat has answers for you, okay? Um, 855 859-8808. And you can call the number for questions or comments about anything that's going on in your life, questions you have about the disease of addiction, treatment, uh, questions about the treatment you're receiving now, if that's the case. They they just want to be helpful. And if if they can provide the services you need, they are a uh, renowned treatment facility. Retreat Premier Addiction Treatment Centers. Here's their number again. 855-859-8808. I guess on the telephone is Courtney Brennan, young uh, young uh, young girl, uh, brand new mother. Your baby's how old now, uh, Courtney?
2: She's three.
0: She's three, and those three years coincide with uh, uh, Courtney's three years of sobriety. She has uh, joined us here to tell us all about that, uh, Courtney. When uh, before we went to the break, there y- your friend. Talk about a friend in need. Said, "Look, Court, you got to get together here. They, they took your baby away. You're in trouble with the law. You're using heroin. This, I'll take you wherever you need to go. You got to get help." You agreed, and your first trip into treatment, your first step into treatment, was was in an outpatient context, correct? Yes. All right. Tell me about that.
1: Um, my the outpatient, it was definitely I didn't take serious. I guess you could say. And I was like, oh, I'm not like these people. Like, I can stop. Like, these these people don't know what they're doing. And now this was, I had gone to my outpatient actually before my daughter was born. I had done that. Um, you know,
2: mm-hmm. I didn't
1: think I had an issue. Like, oh, I have no problem. Like, let me just get back on my mental health meds. I'll go to counseling. But that didn't work.
0: Who who recommended you know, I, it, who recommended it, uh, um, outpatient outpatient treatment for you uh, at that point? Was that was that something somebody suggested to you? How did you arrive? Um, at- I was
1: actually going to counseling, and she was like, well, oh. at this time there wasn't, you know, there wasn't really anything. There wasn't as much knowledge on addiction, I guess you could say, as there is today. I mean, I know it's only a couple years ago, but still, the knowledge and information has this greatly." progressed so she was like well why don't we try this outpatient why don't we try to put you on you know some medication you know because of course I lied and I didn't tell her the truth of how much I was using oh it was only here and there I only do it every once in a while
0: now Not this, telling
1: her it's every day
0: yeah this this multiple counselor
1: times a day. this
0: counselor you you were talking to and, and lying to about your substance abuse use uh, she, they, she was counseling you in a mental health capacity right because of your,
1: your yeah, it was, but she um she specialized in both.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: she mm-hmm. specialized, but more so in the mental health, and that's what she thought I was going there for.
0: But so so you get you get to and how often were you going to the uh, outpatient uh, uh, sessions? Every day.
1: Um, it was outpatient. Was no, it was three times a week.
0: Three times a week. Two
1: or three. Two or three times actually. I forget
0: and, which one it was. was it. In a group setting, or did you have individual? Yep,
1: yeah, it was group setting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you say your first reaction to the situation was, "Well, this is silly. I'm not these I'm people.
1: not like these people. these people are crazy. I can stop when I want to stop. these people can't
0: you know it's for people who don't understand how this 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 um, situation, this disease of addiction can muddle your thinking, muddle it. I mean, just completely destroy your reasoning capacity. You couldn't see oh, any, you couldn't see that you were the same as they were. You couldn't see that?
1: I don't know if it's that I couldn't see. I think it was more so that I didn't want to see, if that makes sense. No, oh, man. I didn't want to see I had a problem when I was being told I already had three or four other problems with mental health. Well, why do I want another one, another issue <laughs> right. of addiction?
0: That's, did you ever you did, I mean? Yeah. Did you ever uh, think in your in, to yourself, well, of course I abuse drugs. Look at all the problems I have. Look at the... The History of sexual trauma. Look at my depression. Did you ever use your underlying mental health problems as an excuse?
1: Um, I at the at the time I did, or like when I got caught, like when my mom would, you're high. I'm like, well, what do you expect? I'm depressed. This happened to me. you know mm-hmm. the guilt trip. Mm-hmm. But that for the most part, I mean, yeah. I won't lie I did yeah it was my reason too it was my okay reason like oh I'm depressed and I have anxiety and I have this mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. it's okay if I get high today but once I did that it was all day It wasn't just one time yep so it one bag uh, how,
0: how long were you in uh, how long were you uh, in the in uh, outpatient setting how long how long did, the, the, did that last
1: because I was a great manipulator and liar at the time. <laughs> Honestly, I was only there for like a month, well, and usually uh, that's like a three-month program.
0: What do you mean you were a great liar? You mean what were you were saying? I no, mean, I told her. Oh, oh you I'm said good, you were okay. I'm okay. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm all right. Like that's the thing with addicts—we're great until we want to admit we're wrong and we have issues. We can lie and manipulate any situation. Um, sadly, sadly, believe me, and even to this day, it's still hard. Like, it's hard for me to not be in that way, to do those things, if, to get something I want, you know, and...
0: You, do, yeah. you, do you ever worry, in, the, in in that context, Courtney, do you ever uh, worry that even though you've been sober now and you're trying to raise your daughter, that maybe your mom has this... Your mom's always, like, doubtful of whether you're telling the truth Rebuilding trust is hard, isn't it?
1: Hey, definitely. Um, um, with my mom, like I said, my mom raised me by my, herself since she was 19. So I was 10, 11 years old until that came. And it was definitely hard. I mean, we have to build the trust again because I did lie to her so much. And we're still working on it three years later.
2: Cause I mean, you know, yep. I don't
1: want to I don't want to let my mom down again and sadly there's something she'll ask me and I know it's going to let her down but instead of I find myself wanting to lie to her about it instead of just letting her know mom you're right this happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um so gaining trust back is definitely not easy but
0: it it, it uh, it's uh, tragic how quickly you can throw you can break the bond of trust and how difficult it is to rebuild it. Um, I can certainly... Oh, yeah, definitely. I can certainly I mean, appreciate I my mom
1: is my it. best friend. I mean, she still is. She still has my back through everything. But it's just not the same. It's definitely not the same where I can call her, hey, Mom, I need to talk, you know, or I'm feeling this way, or...
0: I mean, I mean do, you, do you have that relationship with your mother? Are you open with her now? Do you, you ever call her and go, Mom, I don't, I mean, I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. Do you ever do that?
1: Um, I do call her. I try, but it's hard. It's really hard. I mean... I've to understand what I've done to my mother. I mean my mother is raising my daughter. You know, um so when you all hold what, I've
0: caused her when you hold back from her, what are you trying to do? Protect her from protect her from something or you don't want to burden I think
1: her? it's more so I'm trying to protect myself. I don't I don't want to lose my mom. That's my greatest fear, you know. I almost lost my mom when I was getting high
0: oh oh you yeah, oh so you I'm so you fear that if you tell her your, your your deepest feelings, it'll drive her away. It may drive her away. Yeah. From, okay, I get that I understand yeah. that um so all right, so you fake your way through outpatient therapy. How do you wind up at Retreat's residential facility?
1: Um, like I said, my grandfather passed away. I didn't really know where to turn, and I reached out to my friend. um she had gone to Retreat herself she's like, look, this is a great one. And, you know, family, we all looked into what my insurance covered, and they said retreat was one of the best ones. And I was like, oh, I'll try it, I'll try it. So I remember calling her, and I was like, look, my bags are packed. I'm ready to go to retreat. And she's like, wait, what? And she's like, all right, I'm on my way, I'm on my way. And she took me. You know, and I asked her, too, and it's crazy because I don't want to say every but most addicts, wants to get their last one before they go in. She's like, no, you're going in sick. Like, Granted, I still found a way to get something. She didn't know. But it was, it just, it was hard.
0: What, what were you thinking? So the trip took you, what, an hour to get from your home to their... Uh, yeah, d- during that, about an hour, During that period of time, I mean, how, what was going through your head? Were you... I think
1: it. I might have asked her a couple times to just turn around. Like, just take me home. Just, just take me home. I'm not, I'm not ready for this. And thankfully, she sat down. and she was like, Courtney, you're strong. You're strong. You can do this. Like, you have a daughter at home. You don't have a choice.
0: What you were you scared? Courtney, what were you worried about? You were worried about getting dope sick? Or what were you worried about?
1: I was, honestly, I was scared that I didn't know how to live life without the drug. I didn't know. I've never been to a rehab. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if they were going to teach me coping skills or you know what I mean I just thought oh mm-hmm. I'm gonna go there they're gonna give me medicine I'm gonna stay in a room and I'm gonna come home but that was not the case at
0: all yeah well again for people who don't know because they haven't seen this as miserable as your life was at that point driving in the car to treatment uh, as and you knew what what continued behavior like that meant it was still scarier to think of yourself trying to get clean
1: yeah it was definitely scary to think of being clean.
0: Did you worry that you wouldn't know how to be sober?
1: Um, I didn't think I knew. I wouldn't know how. Honestly, I didn't think I knew. Like, well, I didn't really know. You know, right. I don't remember being sober for how long. Right.
0: So on the one hand, you know you need and must get sober, and on the other hand, are terrified that you won't be able to do it. So you're re- afraid of failing again, right?
1: Yeah, and I feel like you know. Oh well, what if I can't do this or? Then what? That, exactly. Like, do I really want to go back? Do I really,
0: you know? We've been speaking with Courtney Brennan uh, this uh, hour about her uh, trip through substance abuse and ultimate recovery. She is now about to celebrate three years sober. She's back in her young daughter's life, which is which is good, repairing the damage done, or hopefully, with, with her mom and their relationship. And um, he's telling us now about, you know, those first couple of days in retreats treatment facility. Your friend pulls away, uh, Courtney, uh, having gotten you there. um, And uh, what were those first um, couple of days like in treatment? Um, The
1: first couple of days were definitely scary. I want to say like the first maybe one or two days, I think I slept majority of the day because um, when you get there, they you know, they give you stuff to help you detox from it. So the first week you're usually in, like, the detox floor where they know you're going to be sleeping, they know you're gonna, it's all going to wear off, but they also do push for you to go to groups. Um, I was very – I remember it was probably like the second or third day, and, you know, one of the CAs came in and was like, hey, Court, you know, you haven't been to group, why don't we try it? I was like, please, me, you know. But then I sat there, and I'm like, you know what? I have to. I have to do this. And I got up, went to a group. You know, it was good. It was, you know, I met people. I met some of the best people there that are still in my life today. Yeah. That I, you know,
0: When, when you, I'm
1: thankful for, including staff there that check in on me. Hey, Court, you good? Hey, Court, yeah. you know, how you doing? Yeah. Are you holding up. Well, your daughter?
0: That's the beauty of the alumni group we'll get to in a second. But I, I want to get back to this, yeah. what's going through your head. During these first days in, uh, in treatment, when you were in outpatient treatment, you, you, you said earlier that your immediate reaction was, I'm not like these people. What, did you have that similar feeling the first time you started to engage at, at retreat? Um,
1: I think it was, every, uh, I don't want to say it was exactly that because I realized it was getting worse for me. That I realized, you know, these people are the same as me. A lot we can relate to. Um, at first, I wanted to run. I mean, I think the fourth day, I tried to leave. I was like, I'm, I'm done. I don't need this. And
0: when you, I was scared. When you I say was really you,
1: scared for like a good week, two weeks you know, to when, be
0: there. When you say you tried to leave, did you go to someone or did you literally try to leave?
1: No, I went to someone and I was like, I'm done here. Like, I'm done. Like, let me down the hill and I'm done. So, like, court, like, you have a baby. At the time, my daughter was very young.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Very, very young. Like, you can't leave. Like, you're going to end up dead. And, you know, they're probably right. I probably would have. I probably would have.
0: W- were, were, um, were those people uh, staff, or was it a combination of staff and, and other people? It was kind
1: of both. It was more so the staff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The staff that was kind of like, Courtney, like, you're better than this. Like, you deserve life. Like, you deserve this life. Don't quit. Like, you didn't quit before. Stuff like that, but then, like I said, like the first two weeks, I was scared, and then the last three days, I got like I got used to it. I got used to a different way of thinking. I got used to the the routine I had there. And then the second, is, it was like two or three days before I was about to leave, and I got scared. I was like, I can't do this. I can't leave. Like you guys can't keep me longer. They laughed at me. They're like, you just tried to leave when you first got here. Now you want to stay.
0: <laughs> did you did, did you find that the routine of being in a in a facility that that's uh, you know fairly well regimented? They want you know they want you doing certain things at certain times. Did you find that that sort of regiment and order reassuring on some level?
1: Um, definitely, definitely. Um, it wasn't like I was frantically thinking inside my brain like, what do I have to do? What can I do to stay busy? What you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I had it all planned out for me. My mind was be twenty four seven at the time. You know, I, I was on a schedule, like I
0: said. Yeah, before you get there, everything you're doing is about getting high, and when oh, you're yeah. when you're Hang there, on. when you're there, it's it's about not getting high. So the, and so it was and,
1: definitely an adjustment, though. That's for sure. Yeah, it well, definitely
0: was. Well, when. Was it a subtle kind of adjustment, or was there one day when you just looked across the room and went, oh, oh my God, these I'm just like these people. I've got to start paying attention. Was, was it that abrupt, or did it take time to get to that point?
1: Um, I want to say probably like the second week. Like the first week, like I told you, I was like, oh, like, okay, yeah, I'm like them, but okay, I'm not as bad. And I'll never forget, I was actually sitting in group. They have different groups for, like, different people. And I was sitting in my little group in the morning. And someone was sharing something, and I was like, "That's almost exactly the same story as I have." You know.
0: So there really wasn't like hit me, like you said. Yeah. It just was
1: like yeah. psh, right in my face, like Courtney, like you're an addict, you are an addict, whether you want to accept that or not. But the faster you accept it, the faster you can overcome this, and the faster you can work on it.
0: After after um, your treatment, you do you go to sober living after that, and how long did that last?
1: Um, I did. I went into um a recovery house down in Delaware. Uh-huh. And I was probably in like the recovery house setting for maybe like a year and a half to two years of my sobriety.
0: And and that was three years ago now, or going on three years?
1: It's going on three years ago. It's
0: yeah. amazing. Do you worry about relapse?
1: Um, I do. Every day, honestly.
0: That's a good I mean, is that a good a is that a good little, thing? Is that a good thing to worry about it? Have it on your mind?
1: Um some days, yes. Some
2: days,
0: you know. yeah, I mean, right.
1: some days I'm just, you know, I still battle my mental health, like I said. Um, some days it's just like, oh, but then it's like, oh my god, if I do that, I've been clean almost three years. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna end up dead, and I have a little girl. Like, what do I look like? Letting my daughter talk to me through a ground for the rest of her life because I was selfish. Yes, and Courtney, I took my needs instead of hers.
0: Courtney, you remember the uh, retreat alumni group? Yes, I do. <laughs> What what do you like about that?
1: It's very very um, family oriented. If that's I, if that's the right word, yeah. Um, you know, every Tuesday they have the alumni meetings where they have guest speakers, food, um, and it's, you you meet people. You know, you meet friends. It's definitely the hardest though that when you meet all those people, or you just don't see those people again, and you know they're out on their run, or you know that they didn't make it, or but it's definitely like it's nice because, like I said, I'm before that I met some of the greatest people I have in my life now from retreat. Like mm-hmm. retreat
0: mm-hmm.
1: on its own saved my life.
0: Courtney, thanks. Yes,
1: for I ju- did the work, but
0: yeah. No, you know what? Th- thanks so much for sharing the story. We, we appreciate it, uh, continued success with your sobriety. And uh, thank you so much. By the way, what's the baby's name? Ava. Oh, what a beautiful name. Uh, Thank you. Courtney Courtney Brennan, thanks for joining us on Recovery Radio. Everybody, enjoy your weekend, and uh, please look for us Saturday's Recovery Radio. Bye-bye. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.